0: I ask that you open your Bibles tonight to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and we will be looking at verses 46 through 55, or we're going to read verses 46 through 55, but really we're only going to be looking at verses 46 through 50, but uh, this is all connected. This is portion of the New Testament is often called the Magnificat. The Magnificat, this is one of the most beautiful songs or praises found in the entire Bible. Uh, It's Mary's song of praise to God. Uh, It is a powerful confession of faith. Uh, R.C. Sproul once challenged the women of his church uh, to memorize the Magnificat and then he said, "It wouldn't it, it wouldn't hurt you, men either, to also to memorize it, cause it's good for uh, either men or women. These ten verses. Though so we're just going to look at uh, five of these verses. It is uh, a very rich, even uh, theologically. And uh, what's amazing uh, about this uh, these ten verses is this is said by a Young teenage girl, Mary, a virgin, and most likely she, I mean, chances are she was illiterate. She could not read or write. That would have been common. And yet, when you read this, you find out that even though she was probably could not read or write, she was not illiterate when it came to the things of God. She was very literate when it comes to. The theological truth, and we'll see that uh, tonight. And so, th- I'm just looking at part one tonight of this, and then in our first hour Sunday, we'll look at the second half of it. But before we read it, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we know that you have blessed your word, and we ask you, Lord, to open our hearts to hear your word tonight, and and help me, your unworthy servant, as I read and preach it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 46, we read, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation." He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed, forever amen and uh, we're going to be looking at these first five verses verses 46 through 50 tonight now these words that we call the magnificat and the word magnificat comes from a latin phrase uh, uh, from the word in verse 46 where it says magnify the lord it is a magnification of the lord and uh they come right after Elizabeth's confession that we have already uh, looked at. And I, I believe Elizabeth's Holy Spirit-inspired confession, and this was a uh, something that the Holy Spirit came upon her, the Scripture states, and we looked at Sunday, triggered Mary and gave her a better understanding and a confirmation of what the angel Gabriel said, had already told her go back to verse 34 here in in Luke 1 when the when the angel told her that she was going to bear a son and you will call his name Jesus and he, I'm going give it he's going to be given the Lord's going to give him the throne of his father David and he'll reign forever and ever and Mary states in verse 34 it says then said Mary unto the angel how shall this be seeing i know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now the angel told her these words. Uh, the Holy Spirit, even though you're a virgin, will come upon you. And of course verse 38 Mary says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it according to thy word. Uh, whatever, I, I'm holding your word. But I, I believe that you, you know the, right after this, she goes straight to Elizabeth, traveled to Elizabeth. You know, you may hear a truth, but sometimes you need some confirmation and encouragement in your own life. And I believe this is the reason she went to see Elizabeth. Uh, to get that encouragement, to have your faith strengthened. One of the reasons we gather as a church, and I believe, you know, the Lord designed the church, is we need one another to be strengthened by one another. And I believe this is what Mary needed. She needed to be encouraged and strengthened by Elizabeth. And we saw uh, Sunday that what Elizabeth says comes directly from the Holy Spirit. This was just a, a prophetic Like she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke things that she didn't know. Uh, Look at going back to Sunday, verses 42 through 45. After being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for thou shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Hey, she confirmed everything that Mary had already heard. The Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth. And she spoke these words, even though Elizabeth had not heard this. I mean, her and Mary had not communicated till this time. And then this leads to what we read beginning in verse 46. After Mary heard these words, she, she immediately states, My soul doth magnify the Lord. What a powerful statement. My soul, that is, my breath of life. That's what she's saying. My seed of all my affections, all my desires, magnifies the Lord. (coughs) Oh, how that needs to be true of all of us. That our entire being should magnify the Lord every day. Not just, you know, sometimes you you can live, look, you've, All of us have been in church long enough to know that you can act one way on Sunday and then another way throughout the rest of the week. You can come in here and sing praises and hallelujah and all this and then live a different life the other six days. But look, look, folks, we're to praise God and to magnify Him in every part of our life, every sense of our being. Uh, Should what Mary states be true for all of us, and it should be, should not everything in us magnify God? Should not our lives uh, just decrease us and magnify the Lord Jesus? Uh, Oh, how it should be. King David stated something similar in Psalm 103 in verse 1. In Psalm 103, In verse 1, David began this uh, psalm, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, or you could say, magnify the Lord, O my soul. All that's within me. Not just with my lips, but everything. My whole seat of emotions. My intellect. Bless the Lord. Uh, you may be familiar with the Westminster Catechism. That first question in the Westminster Catechism: What does it state? What is the chief end of man? And the answer to that is: Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. It may it, our chief end as people is. To glorify God, our lives should glorify God. And I tell you, sometimes that that flesh can make it hard. If you're out in the world, look at us as Christians. Don't think the devil's just going to sit on the sidelines. I can tell you, today I was dealing with some customers. I tell you what, that flesh... It was wanting to put, that light was getting, getting wanting to get dim, or it was, it was a lot of dirt being thrown out on that light, you know, you so say, let that little, let, what's that, let your light shine, it was, hey, that, uh, your inner, your inner cane, or your, <laughs> wants to come out in you. Uh, it, it's hard, uh, uh, my friends, because we live in a fallen world, and we all deal with that, don't we? It yeah. may be, you know, wherever you're at, whether you're wherever you work or you don't, if you're not working, Satan's on the attack. He doesn't want you to magnify Christ. The Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20 it's a great reminder to all of us when we start getting prideful or Getting our feelings hurt and angry, and we you know that flesh wants to come out, and I'm preaching to myself. For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your your spirit, which are God's. We got to remind, be reminded that we belong to God. We're not our own. Uh, to glorify God in our body. We have been bought with a price by the precious blood of Christ. Always be reminded of that. Uh, J.C. Ryle stated many many years ago in a Christmas mes- message to people people he says, "If you would have a happy Christmas, have right thoughts about Christ," and that's true not just at Christmas time but throughout the year. Have right thoughts of Christ. Have him constantly on your mind. Uh, now now going back to Luke chapter one, we see that Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And in verse forty seven she states, And my and, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. My life rejoices in God my Savior. In other words, my soul, it magnifies the Lord. Everything within me magnifies the Lord, up in upon what I heard about me bearing the Messiah, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now it should be stated here that Mary here counts herself as part of Adam's sinful race. And uh, there is a false teaching uh, uh, that Mary had an immaculate conception. The term immaculate conception does not deal with Jesus' birth. It's a false teaching that Mary was born sinless. And therefore she could ha- you know, bear the Messiah. But, but the Bible does not say that. And Mary herself does not say that. Mary would disagree with that. She disagrees with it here. She states her own need of a Savior. Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody, uh, even, our great, even great saints like Mary here, Elizabeth, Zacharias, who we've looked at, others that we've looked at in the the Bible. You look at in the Bible, King David, Paul, Peter, all my friends sin, and that includes us. We're all sinners. Romans five twelve. The Apostle Paul tells us these words: Wherefore, as by one man sin entered in the world, in death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Death and sin is passed upon all of us. We all have that stain of original sin within us. It goes back to Adam. If you In 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, which uh, Mary's prayer here is often compared to this prayer of Hannah, and I may look at this in a little more detail uh uh, in, in the second part of this message but it is very similar so if you get a chance read Hannah's prayer of praise and Mary's prayer of praise and the similarities between these two beautiful praises uh, by these two uh, women uh, but what did Hannah say in 1st Samuel 2 1 and Hannah prayed and said my heart rejoiceth in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. We, like Mary, like Hannah, should rejoice in our salvation. Uh, we should rejoice in that that we're saved not by any good works we have, but what Christ has done, that we rejoice in God our Savior. This is what uh, the Virgin Mary is stating here. She rejoices, Mary does, in God her Savior. And and, and we should always remember this. And this humbles us, knowing that we can't merit salvation. Uh, It cannot be merited by ourselves, uh, any good works, But we depend upon God for our entire salvation from start to finish. Uh, Every part of it is. Mary knew this. That's why she said, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And then she states in verse 48, For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. Mary was just a, a peasant girl. And yet... God showed mercy upon her, chose her to bear, bear the Messiah. For ho from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And truly she was blessed. We've already seen this uh, already. Uh, God had shown, looked with favor upon her. And look, God looks with favor upon all of us who have been saved. It's His favor. John Newton, and you know these words in his famous hymn, probably the most famous hymn in Christian history, states amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. A man who was a former slave trader, but God changed him. and How that the grace of God, His mercy, shows to us sinners and saves us in our lowest state and brings us out of the mud, brings us out of our sin. Uh I have on my phone. I listen to it when I'm driving. Uh, a Christmas pl- playlist, and one of them is you've heard it, the first Noël, but it's by Sovereign Grace Music. And they put out a, they're all, a kind of a amended version of the first Noël, and I never heard this till just a few days ago. It says the first Noël, Noël. Born is the King of Israel, the Son of God in kindness. He came as a friend to the hopeless, the lost, and the lame. Our sins He bore, yet His name we despised. And the hands that brought healing were pierced as He died. Uh, What a powerful reminder of the price of our salvation. It's not of us, but it's all of God's mercy. And grace, and His favor that He showed to unworthy sinners like us, who don't deserve it. Deserve it, my friends. Uh, we have nothing to glory in. I have nothing to glory in, my friends. It all l- looks t- t- to God, my Savior, as Mary states here, and he's, and she states in verse forty nine. And 50, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. God has done great things, she states. He that is mighty has done great things, and holy is his name. Now I like that phrase there. That is just so powerful. Holy is his name. What is, I believe, the greatest attribute of God in the Bible is His holiness. It it magnifies His mercy and grace in that a holy God shows mercy and grace to we who are unholy. That is just mind-blowing. You know, holy means that He is pure, He's sacred, He's set apart. Now, we're not like that by nature. When you read in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 and then I'm not going there but in Revelation 4, 8 what do we see around the throne of God being said to him? Holy, holy, holy. And I believe and, I, I believe, and, and they cease not day and night Revelation 4 verse 8 states I believe we'll be hearing that and we'll be saying that in heaven. Holy, holy, holy. He is pure and without sin. And at the same time, He's merciful. Showing mercy. Doing great things for us. Because we couldn't do it. His mercy is on them that fear Him. Though He's holy, He's merciful. In Exodus 20, the love chapters, Brother Jimmy said, I believe Brother Ron Chris calls it. And uh, I, I like that terminology. I've never heard that, but I really like that. I always read Exodus 20, that with it reminding me of that. But you look in Exodus chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. Thou shalt not bow down to them, that is to graven images, to false gods thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments for those who reject God there's justice given but showing mercy upon thousands we see here you know, there, God is just. He's holy. But He's also merciful. In Exodus 34, Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, when G- God descends in a c- cloud, you uh, uh in in uh, verse five and it says in verse six, and the Lord passed by before him, that is Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, or that is Jehovah or Yahweh, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin that will by no means clear the guilty, viz the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children under the third and the fourth generation. He is a merciful God. Yes, He's a God of justice, it states here, but He's also full of mercy. He's a forgiving God. His mercy resides upon those who fear Him, upon His elect, His redeemed... uh, Psalm 136, if you ever, we're not going there, but read that is something you, you, you you read it and and it's kind of a rhythm. If you read Psalm 136, especially in the King James version, it's so powerful. Uh, In verse one of that, it continues this, but here's just to give you a taste of it. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he, for he is gracious and his mercy endureth forever. And that term, His mercy endureth forever, just continues on and on throughout that chapter. And thank God His mercy does endure upon us who are His forever. Now, I will make note in all of these where we read about God's mercy, we also read about His justice upon those who hate Him. Uh, You know, many people... They say, I, you know what, I, I, I could never forgive that person. I, you know, what they did was wrong to me. And they have hate in their hearts. I'm going to tell you, whatever a person has done to you is nothing compared to what you and, and the rest of us have done to God in our rebellion that we continue daily. Always remember that. You're being a Pharisee when you do that. Oh, God has shown us more mercy. He's shown me mercy that I don't deserve. I, I I mean, uh, you know, I think back to things in my life, and, and I think, Lord, I mean, you would have done right just to bring your entire justice up on my head because of how foolish I've acted over the years. Uh, how the, you know, that, you know, man, Randy, you were an idiot back in those days. You ever wish you could go in a time machine and say, don't do that, don't do that. You can't do that thank god for his mercy his graciousness we don't deserve it mary knew this here in the magnificat in revelation chapter 14 verses 6 and 7 in revelation chapter 14 verses 6 and 7 john wrote the apostle john wrote When I read this here in Revelation, I I think about how that we live in a country that, and a world that doesn't care about God. Uh, We were talking about, you know, people ask me how busy it is. Is it it busy at Walmart? Yeah, it's real busy. People spending more money than they have and hectic. But is it about Christ? With 90% of them, no. It's about excess. They're not thinking about it. Uh, look, we live in a country. We have Thanksgiving just a few weeks ago, but it's, for most people it's Thanksgiving without giving thanks to God. It's just a family gathering for the world. Christmas is just another family gathering. It's Christmas without Christ. It's godlessness It's what we see. And, and what people need to hear is, you need to, as they, we read here in Revelation, they need to know, fear God. Fear God. There is a God. He's not absent. He may appear to be to the lost world, but He's not absent. There is coming a day of justice upon this world. And the world is not ready. And there's people that I know who are not ready. Friends of mine who I pray for their salvation, and I know that you have those, that you pray for them daily, and they're not ready. As Christmas approaches, and the year comes to an end, let me ask you, what are we magnifying in our life daily? Can we be honest in our own lives? What are we magnifying? Are we magnifying Christ I find at times that I don't that I that I let the flesh and it's a constantly, you know, wanting to knock out that you know, focus on myself rather than on the Lord. It's a constant battle. What are we magnifying in our life? And are we every day rejoicing in the salvation we have in Christ? Oh, how we should rejoice in that. And, have, and are we remembering these words that Mary stated that, that He has regarded our lowest state? Let's give Him glory. Uh, just as He regarded her lowest state, He's regarded us who are sinners deserving of His wrath. Let's also remember that holy is His name. He is holy. We're not. Give Him glory every day. His mercy is upon us who fear Him from generation to generation. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we, we thank You for the words that we have read from Your saint uh, that she gave glory to You, Lord, upon hearing the good news from Gabriel and also the great confession of Elizabeth. It's, it, it espoused in Mary, Lord, a, a, a just a, a, a strong desire to praise you. Help us, Lord, to magnify you daily. Forgive me, Lord, where I haven't magnified you, where I haven't rejoiced. In, 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 in all that you do, Lord, me who is un, so undeserving, O oh Lord, just praise be to your name. And help us to leave here tonight to be a people, to be a church. It magnifies you each and every day and lifts up our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.